Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Speaking of blessing, moms are such a blessing to us. If I would count all the ways my mom has blessed me, it would take days. But if there's one area where I didn't get blessed by my mom, I love her. She didn't bless me with height. She's a feisty 4'11 Latina. She didn't even get to five feet tall. She blessed me with enchiladas and tacos and, I mean, real salsa, not tomato salsa, man. But when it came to my height, I was always at a disadvantage. And this disadvantage showed up the most in sports. I love sports. My favorite sport is basketball. And I got, let me tell you, I got a sweet 10-foot jump shot. It is sweet out there. But it's hard to get it off when you're 5'7". So though I wanted to play high school basketball, I was too short to play basketball. But I kind of also loved football. Man, but there's not very many 5'7 football players unless you got mad speed. And I didn't hit the jackpot being blessed with speed. So knowing that I wanted to do well in sports, I, I, I wrestled in high school. Wrestling is the one sport that you compete with somebody that's your own size, where there's no physical advantage. And when I wrestled, I I didn't realize the advantage that I would get in life, especially when it came to horse playing. Because I remember going to college and being this short little guy, and all these big football players wanted to mess with the little guy. But little did they know that the little guy had some techniques. So they'd mess with me. They'd mess with me in the dorm. They'd flick me behind the ear. They'd try to rest me. So I'd just throw a single leg. I'd put him down. I'd, man, I'd squeeze them. They'd bring in another guy. Man, 6'2", take him down, squeeze them. So, man, I was known as the wrestling champ because here's the reality. Man, I knew wrestling. They didn't. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It's all about technique. So what happened was this. A few football players had this idea that they would use my wrestling skills to make money. They would point me out to guys in the school randomly, and they would bet who would win the wrestling match. They would set up a match, and we'd call them Friday night fight nights. Guys, this was in Bible college. We were having Friday night fight nights. And what happens is everybody would come in. They they pitch in money. I got $10 on him, $2 here. And the pitch went in there, and the one who won the money, they took the pot of money. So... Let me just say we went undefeated in in college, and that's how we paid for Whataburger and Taco Bell. (laughs) But honestly, it was all a setup. I made sure to only wrestle someone who didn't have any wrestling experience. If someone had any wrestling experience, I would avoid that match. Like there was this one guy in another dorm who was undefeated, and everybody was talking who would win, me or him. He was a state champion, heavyweight state champion from Alaska, and he was a beast. And I think like people were like, Benito would beat you, I'd beat you, and I'd be cock-talking it up. But in the back of my mind, I knew he'd kill me. He had the weight advantage. He was bigger than I was. He was stronger than I was. And there's no way I would always avoid that match like the plague, you know? And what I wanted to do in every match, I wanted to make sure I had the advantage of wrestling skills. And this morning, I want to talk to you about a new series called The Advantage. It's a series about the Holy Spirit, and it's a series about how he wants to work in and through your life, and how he wants to give you an advantage in your life that you cannot obtain in your own. When I say Holy Spirit, I know a lot of people feel a little uncomfortable. 
Sometimes because of our upbringings, it doesn't play well into what we think about the Holy Spirit. Some of us have had experiences of people where they do weird things because of the Holy Spirit. It says, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, or other things. They say weird things, and a lot of people blame the Holy Spirit for a lot of craziness. Let me tell you, it's not that the Holy Spirit's crazy, it's people are crazy. And because of that, this is what happens. Christians ignore the Holy Spirit altogether. They treat the Holy Spirit like they do the pituitary gland. They know it's there and it's essential for something, but they don't know why it's there. And this isn't just a problem in the church in our day. It was a problem in the first century church as well. Let me tell you, what, if you have your Bible, let's read Acts 19 verse 1. When Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And a lot of Christians live that way. They follow Jesus, they've experienced salvation, but they're like the early church. And they said, man, I don't even know that there's a Holy Spirit. Like, what does he do in my life? And over the next four weeks, I want to teach you about the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to demystify and despookify, if that's even a word, man-made sensationalism about the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you a picture of the Holy Spirit straight out of scriptures and show you the importance of him in your life and how you can have an incredible advantage that maybe you're not taking advantage of. So here's what I'm going to ask you. I want you to attend the next four weeks. It's going to be important that you attend the next four weeks because each message will build on the next. And, going to, and this, through this series, we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit. So let's go into God's word. We're going to do a little bit of teaching here this morning. The term Spirit of God is translated 800 times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it comes from the Hebrew word ruach. It's like, it's pronounced, I got popcorn in the back of your mouth. Let's say, say it with me. Ruach, that's the Hebrew word. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. And this is what it's translated, a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze, And when the English translators, they tried to translate the name of God, it was a little bit difficult to translate. So how do you translate breath or wind? You really can't. So when the English translators use the term Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, they're trying to capture this word ruach. They're trying to capture this word pneuma. So let me show you some places where this word is used in the New Testament by Jesus so we can have a feeling of what this word means. The Bible says in in, in John 6, 63, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit, are pneuma. Are there, they have breath, they have a strong breeze in them, they're life. That means that the pages of your Bible are not normal words, that they're full of breath, that they're alive. How many guys can testify as you read the Bible, there's something about it that is alive for you? And that's the Christian life. It's not something that's stale. It's not something that's religious. It's not something that's robotic. It's not ritualistic. Christianity is supposed to be full of breath. It's supposed to be a current of air on the inside. It's supposed to be a strong breeze. Does that describe your life? That's the life that God wants you to have with the Spirit. And in John 14, 15, and 16, I don't got time to break it all down, but you can read this when you get home. Jesus tells the disciples about his life this life that is available through them, uh, uh, to them through the Holy Spirit. And in these three chapters, cha- chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus brings, in the, brings up the Holy Spirit 20 times. And in John 16, 7, he gives one of the most astounding promises ever made. This verse right here blows my mind. Let's read it this morning. 
Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. That's where we get the whole premise of this message. Your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, I want you to underline that word. We're going to come back to it later. Will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Think about how crazy this statement is. It would be better for Jesus to go away from the disciples than for Jesus to stay there with him. Think about how awesome it was to be with Jesus every day for three years. Every night you're on the campfire, you're talking, you have a question about the Bible. Bam! Jesus answers the question. You go to a party, they run out of food. Yeah, fish, chips, I can feed a whole city, man. Your dog dies, you don't have to go to the vet. Bam! Jesus resurrects your dog. Your cat dies. Jesus gets a shovel and helps you dig a grave because not even Jesus likes cats. Okay, maybe I'm inserting something into the scripture there. I don't like cats because I'm allergic to them. How many cat lovers do we have in here? I apologize. I'm sorry. Not sorry. But think about this. How awesome would it be if you walked with Jesus every day for three years? So imagine right now if I stood up and I announced my resignation as pastor of Freedom Church. Few of you hopefully will be sad. But then I said, I got good news. We already got resumes. And one of them is Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to be the next pastor of Freedom Church. Imagine how excited would you be if next week, next Sunday, Jesus is going to come and preach here. Like we would lose our minds. And what Jesus is saying here, if you really understood who the Holy Spirit is and you had the choice of choosing between me beside you or the Holy Spirit inside you, you would choose the Holy Spirit at time. And the fact that we're not that excited about the Holy Spirit shows us how far we are from understanding the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is in you and he wants to move through you and that should blow our ever-living minds. So here's the powerful truth that Jesus is teaching us, that the Holy Spirit in me is better than Jesus beside me. That's what he's saying. And my prayer for you after this series is that you would discover the advantage of the Holy Spirit. So let's learn about the Holy Spirit this morning through the words of Jesus. Jesus said this in John 14, 16. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you, I want you to understand, underline this word, another, and underline this word here, helper. To be with you forever. These are two very important words. And I want you to notice these words because the original Greek word for helper is the word paraclete. The word comes from two words. One word is para. It means to come alongside of. It's where we get the word paralegal. And the other word is the word kaleo. It means called. And the, and the Holy Spirit right here, when we talk about the paraclete right here, he is talking about the Holy Spirit is the one who is called alongside the believer. That's what it means. He's called to come alongside of you, to be with you, to guide you. And the, uh, the next important word is the word another. In the Greek language in Jesus' day, there were two words for another. One referred to another of a different kind. It's where we get the word hetero. And we use that word uh, in our language. But the word that Jesus used is another word for another. It's used to describe another of the same kind or just like the former. And it comes from the Greek word allos.
The Greek word Jesus uses here is alos. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending you another of the same kind, just like me. Jesus is calling the Holy Spirit God. He's saying he is a person. And here's what we learn. The Holy Spirit is God. It's another of the same kind. And let me show you this in Scripture. When Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28 19, look what he says. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. I want you to underline this word, name. In the name, what, what is that word? Is it singular or plural? Notice, it's singular. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Rather than using the plural word names, the writers use a singular noun, name, to describe one God. And this is what Jesus is saying, that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God. It's throughout, it's out, you see it throughout scripture. So we, we all know that we can almost get there. For some of us, we're still wrapping our minds around this. But let's, work, let's learn for the next few moments how the Holy Spirit wants to work in and through our lives. So if you have your Bible, we're going to go to John 14, 18. So you can follow along the screens. We're gonna, you can put these on the notes, go to the outlet access pass as we learn about the Holy Spirit. It says, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Before, the law, before long, he says this, it's interesting. The world will not see me anymore. But you, they won't see me, but you will see me. How? Because I live, and you also will live. And here's the next first thing that we learn. The Holy Spirit makes the presence of God real to us. Jesus is implying that he's going to leave his disciples, but when he leaves, he will send the Holy Spirit, whose presence living on the inside of them will be as real as Jesus is with them. Does that describe your current experience as a Christian? A real living person living inside of you, breathing inside of you, moving in you. Since the Holy Spirit literally means wind, let's look at the characteristics of wind to nature and how we can understand this. Here's the thing we understand about wind. Wind is unseen. For example, if you walk out of this room with so many people, it's going to get muggy. It's going to be kind of hot a little bit, especially as it gets hotter, more people come in. But you go outside, and I love that you walk outside, there's this wind. You walk outside, you're going to, this wind will blow by you. It feels good. You won't say, what was that? It's invisible. No, you know the feeling of wind. In the same way, when the Holy Spirit breathes on you, it'll be real to you. You'll have a living, real experience just like the wind and that we'll see God. So, and let me explain this to you. Many of you have told me at the end of a long week, like when you come to service and you're worshiping, that you say this, it's like a breath of fresh air in your lungs. You feel recharged. You feel rejuvenated. You feel something on the inside. You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit. Every once in a while, I'm walking in the, and I like to, like to be in the back, and I'm greeting people, and somebody will come that has not been to church, and, and they'll look at me, and with tears down their cheeks, they'll tell me, I don't know, Pastor, but there's something in there. I don't know what it was, but I felt something when you were talking. I felt something during worship. I felt that it, it was like a wind. I, I couldn't see it, but I felt it. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is making God's presence real to you. I was reading Charles Finney's lectures on revival this week. Charles Finney led our nation in a great awakening. He was a 19th century, 19th century attorney and a Presbyterian minister. In his own words, he's comfortable with knowing God in an intellectual way. But he, his spiritual life felt very stale. He just knew God in his mind. 
He wrote that his spiritual life was very lifeless and predictable, and it was difficult for him to live that way if he was going to continue to follow Jesus. After an encounter with the Holy Spirit, this is what Charles Finney wrote. He said, the Holy Spirit Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through. I say, I want that. Bring it in my life. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. And this is what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit wants to make the presence of God known to you. He wants to breathe fresh air on your marriage, on your health, on your kids. See, Christianity is not what we do for God, but it's what God does through us. And, and here, here's kind of what I want to bring this illustration here. This is, this is the Christian life. And so many times we want to have the right attitude in life, right? I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to be a good person today. I don't care how the kids, they're not going to pick up their room. I'm not going to lose it. Somebody cuts me off in 35. I'm going to do the right thing. Like, I want to help others. Like, I'm really going to look to help others, but I know my day gets busy. I know it gets crazy. I know it gets out of control. Man, purity. I want to have purity in my life. Man, you know, oh, I hate going to that, clicking that website. I I, I know I shouldn't have that conversation with that person, but I want to be pure. I really, really want to be pure. And sometimes I want to persevere. It's so hard sometimes. I feel like giving up. It feels so challenging sometimes. And, I, man, I, I want to finish, but sometimes it's, man, I don't want to come to church sometimes. I don't want to give up. I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to be faithful. And so what we do is this. We try to power through life on our own. We try to blow on our own. We're like, man, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get angry. And we're just blowing. Man, I'm not going to look at that site anymore. I'm so tired. I've looked at it for the last time. I'm going to not do that anymore. We're going to be, I'm trying to be generous. I want to start tithing. I want to start giving. And we're trying to get motion in our spiritual life. And we're flowing. And we're trying. And we're saying, and all of a sudden, we get so tired. We're like, Oh, Lord, I love you. Remember, I need, I'm trying, God. And then we put on the Maverick, the Maverick City CD or the New Elevation CD. Just to get that boost, and it doesn't hit like it used to. You've ever been there? You just, you can't go. You, you're just, you're just done. You're blowing on your, your own strength. You're trying to blow your life. You're trying to move it forward, but you just don't have any more energy in you. And let me tell you the goal for the enemy. The enemy wants to take the breath of life out of you. The Bible says that God formed you in his hand. He created you. And the Bible says, if you look at Genesis, he breathed breath on you. And he made you alive. And since that moment, the enemy's job is to take the breath of God the pneuma, the ruach, the spirit of God out of you. And let me tell you, and a lot of us, we're like this. It looks good on the house from down here, but we're just so tired. But Jesus is saying, if you would understand 
the advantage. If you would understand that there's a paraclete, there's a counselor, that there's a comforter. If you would understand that I'm not calling you to just propel yourself in self-will and make this happen on your own. But if you understand that there is power that you can have and he is the Holy Spirit and he will do what you cannot do. He will move forward. He will get you in motion. He will do. He will push you forward into where God wants you to be. You're wondering and you're thinking, how can I live the empowered Christian life? How can I live in victory? Let me tell you, you've got an advocate. It's the Holy Spirit. You ask yourself the question, how can I witness? How can I share? How can I get out of debt? How can I be generous? The answer is the power of the Holy Spirit breathing on every situation in your life. And if we would realize that if we would just get off the ground and say, I never meant for you to live this Christian life by yourself. You don't got it in you. But guess what happened? There is an advantage. And if we would bring that advantage, it would move your life forward into the plan and the purpose of God for your life. That we have a comforter, a counselor, an advocate. Second thing I want you to know about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit draws us close to Jesus. When Jesus comes, it says, he will convict the world concerning sin, and I want you to see this word, and righteousness. The word convict means to apprehend. It means to get the attention of someone. So if you're a Christian, the reason that you're a Christian is because the Holy Spirit convicted you of your sin. He made you aware that you were doing wrong, and you needed a Savior, and he brought you to repentance. I heard a story of a 13-year-old girl named Elizabeth who sold 11,200 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. She was in the news, and they asked her how she sold so many cookies. You know what she said? You have to look people right in the eyes and make them feel guilty. <laughs> I'm not passing by that Walgreens where that girl stands. That might work for selling cookies, but it doesn't work in sharing Christ. Let me just tell you, Freedom Church, it's the Holy Spirit who draws sinners to Jesus. And if we're not careful, sometimes churches become the behavior police. It's not our job to change people. Whose job changes people? It's the Holy Spirit that convicts the sinner. Just, let's just say that. But notice, it just doesn't convict the sinner. Verse 8 says this, the Holy Spirit also convicts of righteousness. What does that mean? It makes us know that we're right with God. That means it makes us aware of what Jesus did on the cross for us. He makes us aware first that we need him, and then it shows us not only that we need him, it shows us what Jesus did on the cross for us. The Holy Spirit points us to the gospel. The gospel says, man, I'm so much a sinner that I need Jesus, but guess what? Yet though I was a sinner that needs Jesus, he died for me, and it allows me to know my sin, but yet that I can be right with him at the same time. Because true gospel change begins not with being told what you need to do for God, but believing what he's done for you. And that's what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes you aware of what he did for you. He's the life that's behind that message that speaks to you about his love for you. You know, you're in worship and that, that just, that song, that lyric just comes out, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. He's the nudge that's pushing you towards prayer. He compels you to worship. He's the voice when something, when you say something you shouldn't, it says be quiet. When you're going someplace you shouldn't, it says don't go there. When you're looking at someplace you sh shouldn't be looking, don't look. And that's why the Bible says this, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Because every time you resist the Holy Spirit, it hardens your heart towards his working in your life. It's a little bit like this. Like, 
I mean, I can understand this, but Jennifer thinks I'm so unbelievably handsome. And sometimes I just want to like sit down and I, I just want to watch the football game or the basketball game. And she's always wanting to kiss and make out and everything. And I'm like, babe, I'm tired. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. She's always kissing on me. And I resisted her a couple days, but eventually I get worn down. I'm human, you know? I, I give in. Just joking, it's the other way around. But imagine if she's always affectionate, and I would resist her, and resist her, and I would resist her. No, no, no. She wouldn't pursue me as passionately anymore. And the Holy Spirit pursues you passionately. And every time we say no, 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 we harden our hearts to the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be tender to his nudging and his calling to us. The third thing about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit wants to direct your life. Look at John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, the pneuma comes, he will guide you into all truth. See, the Holy Spirit wants to guide every area of your life. How you parent, how you spend your money, what job you choose. He wants to bring purpose to your life. He's like a GPS. He goes in front of you. He knows the problem areas. He knows where there's accidents. He knows where there's roadblocks. And he takes you in the smoothest road possible to your desired destination. But you know what I love about the GPS? Here's what my GPS never says to me. Siri, I know she gets, leads me some crazy places sometimes. But she never says this, you idiot. Forget it. I was taking you right next to her, and you're so dumb. You make every dumb decision. Just turn around. I'm shutting off on you. You made too many wrong turns. I'm so done with you. How could you make another wrong turn for the fifth straight time? My GPS never does that. Why? Because the goal of the GPS system is to guide you to the right place. And so many times, let me tell you, we think the Holy Spirit gets mad at us. Not that the Holy Spirit is not getting mad at us. He's working. When you're feeling the Holy Spirit working on you, guess what he's doing? He's rerouting. He's recalculating. He's redirecting because he wants to get your life to the right place. Okay, I made this wrong mistake here, but guess what? I haven't given up on you. I have not. I still have a plan for you. I still want to take you there, even in the midst of the wrong turn. If you would just listen to my voice and if you listen to my guiding I'll get you there that's the spirit of truth and we got to understand there's a difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of condemnation let me tell you this the Holy Spirit will always direct you to Jesus conviction will always point you to your sin I mean condemnation will always point you to your sin conviction will always conviction will bring you to Jesus and what he's done for you condemnation will point to what you've done and how you can never have hope in that so it's always going to bring you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's always going to bring you to Jesus. He's always going to bring you to Jesus and what he's done for you. Finally, number four is this. The Holy Spirit makes Jesus big in my life. John 16, 14 says, he will glorify me. And look what he says. He will take what is mine and he'll declare it to you. Everything that I know, I'm going to teach you. See, everything in our culture says look at ourselves. We have literally pages on Instagram and on Facebook and on Snapchat it's all about ourselves. You guys seen these things? Like people get on these social media pages and they post pictures about themselves. They'll, they'll take pictures like this. Like, there's, these, there's these things. There's a place called, it's, it's, on, it's on the internet. It's called Instagram. There's another place called Facebook. And they'll post all kinds of pictures and then people will just wait about what they're doing and they just want people to like them. 
And the more people that like it, they just, they love it. And what I'm saying is this. We live in a culture that's all about us. The tension's all about us. All about what I'm doing, all about what I'm eating, all about the life that I'm living. Pleasing yourself will always lead to disappointment. Selfishness is the number one reason for depression. And it's not a coincidence that social media and depression and all these things have these correlating moments coming together. Because it's all about us. You realize we're the richest nation in the world? We have more than we can ever imagine, yet we have the most meds and antidepressants ever? Because there's a disease of me going on. Let me tell you, you need something bigger than you to live for. You're not that cool. I'm sorry, Jesus loves you, but you're, you need something bigger than you. You need to live for the glory of God. People say, I'm bummed. My career isn't going well. My husband doesn't talk to me. I hate my life. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I don't have any friends. Are you always insulted by others? Are you always let down by others? Are you always hurt by others? You know what? Those are self-absorbed thoughts. You're just thinking about you. If you look at most depression and most of the things, that we, we're just consumed about us. But let me tell you, the spirit-filled people are hard to offend because their attention isn't on them. It's on Jesus. They're thinking about Jesus. They're thinking about what he's done for their life. They're thinking about others. See, the Holy Spirit is like a magnify glass that puts the attention on Jesus. And in life, you're either living with a mirror or a phone, taking pictures of yourself, focused on yourself, or you're living a life with a magnifying glass on Jesus, with all my attention, all my affection, everything on Jesus. And what the Holy Spirit does, it says, you know what, the purpose of life is Jesus. It's his glory. It's his plan. It's his purposes. It's something bigger than you, and it gives you more joy than anything in this world can ever imagine. The Holy Spirit comes to glorify and make the name of Jesus big in our lives. Let me ask you, how big is Jesus in your life? You live with a magnified glass or a mirror. This morning, my prayer is that you have a clear picture of God. He is three in one. He's a Trinitarian God. God the Father loves you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. You determine the value by something you're willing to pay. You're valuable to God. God the Son saved you. He went to the cross. He took punishment. He took your shame. He took your guilt. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died. He saved us. But here's the great thing. God the Holy Spirit wants to live in you and breathe in you. He wants to make you alive in Christ this morning. And this morning, some of you are in the doldrums. Yes, I know it's a colloquial expression, but there's a real place called the doldrums. The doldrums is a place near the equator where the northern hemisphere trade winds go one way and the southern hemisphere trade winds go another way, and they cancel each other out. And there's no wind in the doldrums. And back in the day, where there was, before there was motorized ships, if you sailed into the doldrums accidentally, you couldn't get out. You would die there. Because there was no breath leading and guiding you. And some of you in walking to this service today, you're in the doldrums. Spiritually, you're about to die. You need a blast of fresh air on your marriage, on your job, on your faith, 
You've been trying to blow it on by yourself. But I'm here to tell you, you have an advocate, you have a counselor, you can't white-knuckle your way through this faith. You weren't supposed to. There is a Holy Spirit that wants to blow on your life. Fresh wind. Just like the book of Acts says, when they were one, when they were in the, when they were in the upper room in one place, like a violent wind, the Spirit of God came and changed everything. And what you need this morning is you need God to breathe on you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Holy Spirit, I know this is the first part of this installment of messages. But Lord, the biggest thing is we can't do it on our own. We need to tap into the advantage that we have. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Benito, I related to you in that illustration. I'm blowing and I'm blowing and I'm blowing and I'm just out of breath. I can't move my marriage down the road. I can't, like, I, it's hard for me to pray. It's hard for me to read my Bible. It's hard for me to overcome that addiction that I'm facing. You know what? It's not hard for you. It's impossible for you. Only when the Holy Spirit comes upon you can you find life. And if you're here this morning and say, Pastor B, I need him to breathe on me. Just raise your hand right there where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of us do. I want everybody to stand to your feet. And this is what we're going to do. As we sing this song about the Holy Spirit, man, I want you, if you say, man, you're serious about this. You want the Holy Spirit to move in your life. I want you to make your way out of the seat. There's something about a physical reaction that gets a spiritual movement. Get out of your seat and just raise your hands. And men, and, and I want you just to come to the front and say, Holy Spirit, breathe on me. And I want you to expect for him to breathe on you. Because I've been praying all week for this moment that you find breath of life, that you find breath in your spiritual life, that he sends those waves of liquid love like Charles Fenney says. And if you say, God, I need more of the spirit of my life as we sing this song, I want you to join me because guess what happened? I'm preaching this message to myself because I need fresh wind more than anybody else. Love you guys. And let's just respond to the Lord and let's believe the Holy Spirit to meet us here this morning. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.